Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Sports Radio FNZ, uh, Mac and Preps with you. Bone out today under the weather. We're going to get Bone Man back tomorrow. Our lineup will be back at full strength tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm going to try to be like LeBron without Avery Bradley. I would have, actually, that's a bad example. They didn't win last night. He could have used Avery Bradley. I'm Anthony Davidson, right? Let me, yeah, he didn't play good, so uh, you play better <laughs> than that. I'm like, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be like James Harden and Jeff Green without Russell Westbrook. Because Ooh. that went very well yesterday for the Rockets. And by the way, Russell Westbrook screaming, apparently, all game from the, from the sidelines, encouraging teammates. That's an intense dude, man. I, res- I respect it. He takes it seriously, even when he's not playing. Uh, both one seeds lose. We talked about that. We talked a lot of Panthers in the first hour as well. And we mentioned how Mac Brown uh, believes that students being off campus could help them kind of keep a tight seal bubble as far as the football program goes. App State has had to temporarily shut shut down their football program, by the way, because of 11 COVID cases in the program. So uh, that's and that has and that is not a coincidence, I'm sure, with students going back to campus and all the parties we saw footage of happening in Boone, uh, North Carolina. So. Anyway, those are some of the things we mentioned in the first hour. We're going to get back into how well the Panthers' defense has done in the first few days of camp, and could the defense be better than we think? Should we raise our expectations for the defense, or should we chill out? That's coming up at about 7.20. But in the meantime, listen, it's not a fun thing to talk about, especially because I've gotten to know a little bit, a little bit, John Fokey, the play-by-play voice, of uh of the hornets and he seemed like a good dude to me i mean i'm not going to claim to you know know him you know tremendously you know but seems like a good kind of genuine guy to me and so what he's involved in i mean this is this this ain't a fun sports radio topic to discuss but it has to be discussed this story has gone national his suspension as play-by-play voice of the hornets it's been on Yahoo. It's been on the big lead. ESPN Alert, ESPN Bottom Line, TMZ. I mean, it's been all over the place. And for people that haven't seen it, Scott Fowler did a Q&A with him. And that was the only kind of Q&A session that, that he has done at this point. And he put out a statement apologizing. He sent out a tweet the other day raving about the Jazz Nuggets game. But doing so in the tweet, it said Jazz N-word game. It said the, it said the N-word out in plural form, 
instead of nuggets. Um, he has apologized, said it was a mistake, said he's sick to the stomach over it. The Hornets have said, we're investigating this thing further. We have to suspend him right now, to, you know, indefinitely. So they're clearly trying to figure out what to do, and I guess that's part of this conversation as well. Um, first of all, I, I like I know that we're divided as a country right now, and I know when things like this happen, I know people's first inclination is to bow up. There is an unfortunate amount of racism, man, uh, you know, in this world. And I know a lot of people get on Twitter, and they it's almost like people want to assume, you know, in situations like this. I find it really hard to believe with him having what he has called his dream job and what we all can look at and say is a heck of a job, right? There's only, only you know, a finite amount of NBA play-by-play jobs. I just find it hard to believe he's going to do that on purpose. So I know there are some people that believe, oh, he did that on purpose. His story to me is the most plausible explanation for this. But I don't know if that saves him. His story is he went to type out nuggets. He went to do it real quickly. I it's, I do this all the time. I'm watching a game. Perhaps you guys make fun of me all the time for my yeah. typos. <laughs> I have to watch myself because of stuff like this, man. And my wife was telling me that the other day. You you do it all the time. you got to watch yourself. You don't know what could pop in there if you're not looking at it. And he says, I'm trying to type out nuggets. The you and the I are right next to each other, which they are. He says, I hit I instead of you. Didn't realize it. I'm going fast. Then I type G-G-E. Then I'm trying to type T, the R's right next to that, and I hit R, and then I hit S, and then I, I finish the tweet and send. I don't even proofread it. That is his story. That is the one that I – we were talking about this off the air yesterday. We didn't get it to it on the air, but we I was waiting for the Hornets kind of to, to issue their statement and see where this stood. That is the story that I thought all along was probably the most believable. I know a lot of people thought autocorrect, and, but it was – you know – it would autocorrect to that word only if he's typed that word out. And I understand that. I, there are words where I'll use and all of a sudden it'll pop in there. So I understand what people are saying. And um, I think he had an iPhone. I have an Android. So I was messing around with my wife's iPhone last night trying to get a gauge. But I know you have an iPhone preppy. To me, if you would mistakenly type out the N word, I tried it on Twitter. I tried it on text with my wife. It did not auto, It did not correct me. It did not like say another word. It let me type that out. But. It gave me the option, and I don't know if he had this feature on or not, because you said this is a feature that some have on or some don't. Yeah. It gave me the option of, like, looking down, you know how it gives you words that, mm -hmm. are you trying to type this? yeah. Night is the one that it puts down there. Mm -hmm. If you start typing that N-word out, it'll give you night trying to save you and be like, dude, you're trying to say night. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you didn't look down there at that, doesn't have that feature on. I don't know what to believe, man. I want to believe his story, but we all don't know. It's all just speculation at this point. Like, as far as having an iPhone, like, his story is probably the most believable, right? Yeah. That he just typed and did it quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, just as an iPhone user. I'm not asking you to get in and, yeah. like, draw a conclusion. No, it's, um, yeah, it's it's it sucks to talk about. But as an iPhone user, yeah, it's I turn those suggestion things off just because I find them annoying and I... I think so I'm maybe a great. He did I, I think I'm a great typer, but I honestly get fat fingers sometimes too and type the wrong thing. Well, but I mean, if your fingers are like your thighs, they're gonna get be. out of here. I'm Mac. just kidding. I'm Watch just kidding. It. But right, anyway, anyway, yeah, it's. It, it, I. I mean, yeah, I guess he was just in a hurry, man, and 
I mean, there's there. I don't want to get into whether you know what the Hornets should do with them and everything, but yeah, I mean, like you could turn the suggestions off, you can turn autocorrect off, and just type everything. It'll never tell you to correct anything. Yeah. So I, I, who knows what he had on? And I mean, see, here's is it a word he uses a lot through text? Is that why it popped up? You never, you well, yeah, never that, really I know. Think, I think that's what a lot of people were thinking: is did it autocorrect to that word? Yeah. And if it did, the only way that's that word's going to pop up is it autocorrect is if you've typed it in. And that I understand. His story though is not that it did that. Now, I understand, like, there's skeptical, cynical people out there. Like, I'm trying to look at the text line and see kind of, like, how do people feel about this? And there are people using the word bogus. This story's not believable. Mac, you're naive. And here's what he's up against. I think that's the most plausible story. I also find it very hard to believe with a job like that, he would just type out the N-word. Because you're basically saying, fire me. Career suicide if, if you, right there. And, and if you... Like, even if he does, because I, I don't know I don't know him well enough. I, I know him to the point where it just, he seemed like a good dude, and it just sucks to see this happen to somebody. That seemed like a good dude. But I don't, you know, I'm not going to claim to know him intimately. Well, intimately, of course I'm not going to claim, no. <laughs> Whatever I'm trying to say, I'm not going to claim that I know, like, Jeez. I'm buddies with him or anything. Great buddies with him. I just find it hard to believe somebody would just do that on purpose knowing I'm done. That would be the end of my job. Here's the thing, though, and I think I think what you guys and gals are saying on the text line is what he's up against, right? And if you just join us, we're talking about John Fokey mistakenly tweeting out the N-word. He was trying to tweet out the team name Nuggets. He says, instead of a U, I typed an I. Instead of a T, I typed an R, and that's all it took. And I didn't check it. I didn't proofread it, and I just sent it out there. And the Hornets have indefinitely suspended him. He's apologized. He wants a chance to to talk to the players, and here's here's the problem on here's here's the thing on this. Obviously, he's in an industry where he's doing play by play and interviewing athletes that are majority black. So I respect that he says, "Let me sit down and talk to these guys," and I think you know, and I respect that. I just like, are they all going to believe his story? Like, I'm just randomly looking at what y'all are thinking as you guys text in. And by the way, there are plenty of typos when you guys text in. I just, we all do typos. But a lot of you say, okay, that's plausible. But a lot of you are saying, I don't know about that story. We're just so divided as a nation. And that word is literally the most sick, disgusting, pathetic word a human can use. I just don't know if he can come back from that. Like, And then the Hornets are an organization that, you know, I think four of their eight, you know, top executives are African-American. Obviously, Michael at the tip top, who's going to be ultimately making a decision. It's an organization that has prided itself on doing things for the black community, on having diversity within its organization. I mean, it's just going to be tough. I, I just how can he get 100 percent of the players and his minority co-workers that are going to feel like. I feel 100% that he just messed up and I can bring him back in. And that, I don't know, man. Again, I'm not going to be, I'm not on here saying the Hornets got to fire him. Yeah. I just don't think it looks good for him. It's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's going to be hard to overcome, even if he made a mistake. And by the way, a lot of people are now bringing up Krogs. I'm trying to look, you know, and see what y'all are saying to this, this conversation about John Fokey and his suspension and his status. I mean, it's unbelievable that you have two guys in their first year of play by play. And end up getting fired, and, and and we don't know the exact reason for Krogs. And I know everybody's going to text and ask over and over again. We don't know the exact reason, um, but it had to be something to do that in the middle of the season the way they did that. Yeah, it had to be something that was worthy of getting fired. And this one, I like. Here's the thing, I 
I would feel bad for him, perhaps. But if the Hornets fire him, it's not like I'm getting on the air saying, how can you do that? Yeah, I completely understand. It comes down to, is this just a mistake that is could be like, even if it's an innocent mistake, is it just one that can't be made? Like, like in and, and this goes for me, too. We're talking. We, we had a new boss here, Terry Fox. We're talking about this. And he says, guys, I'm going to get your back over just about everything. Something like this happens, though. That's hard to defend. Can't defend. You know, so is is this just a case of and we all have to be smarter? And I'm an idiot that makes so many typos. And most of them at worst have been like maybe one sounds like innuendo and I didn't try. Well, you, you know, a lot of what you do, you say you try to say ha 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 and you put the J. It's like ja 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 ja. Yeah, and that's painless <laughs> yeah. and that's harmless. Exactly. But like if you have a job that is of a profile where even if you screw something up on a typo, it could cost you your job. And I am unfortunately in that group. Do people like me have to not be idiots and just, you know what I mean, and make sure we correct every tweet, even though we're trying to tweet fast, because that's what his story is. I think I think the people that believe his story are using the same logic I did, which is, how could you be this stupid? Yeah. Even this guy says, even if he has complete racial hate in his heart, he clearly loves his job. Why would he do this? This would be a death sentence. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to come down to him, and he's going to... Like, can he go in that locker room and do interviews with these guys? Yeah. Or are these guys not going to want to talk to him? Yeah. You no, know? The thing is, too, Mac, is like, obviously, he's bigger than me. John Fogey is his name's bigger than out there. But even when I'm typing text to the people I trust the most in the world, I'm reading it two or three times before I send anything. Just because I want to make sure I don't say something that's not supposed to be said. And, like, whenever you can screenshot anything, and like, look what Preppy said. Look what John Fogey said here. Like, I, I'm i always even super careful. And, like, that wasn't even the last word of his tweet. So it's not like he sent that, didn't even notice it, and then clicked send. There was a whole other sentence, like, pretty much after that word was in there. Yeah. So it's he, like, how didn't he even notice it? But you know I, he I mean? clearly did what I do, which yeah, is just, just send type it, it out, quick, don't yeah. look, and send it quick and get back to the Crazy. game you're watching. Yeah. Especially when I'm Panthers game tweet. You check my Panthers game tweets, preps. My accuracy, I guarantee, is not good. My accuracy. Like Cam? <laughs> well, you get the heck out of here. You're worse than David Newton. Seriously, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so, I mean, it's a tough situation. I feel for him if he truly made a mistake. But, like, when you just think about what he's up against, the organization he works for, and what he has to do on that job, interacting with players, man, it just feels like that's a tough sell for him to say. Uh, Scott Fowler's got the Q&A, by the way, if you want to read it. Charlotte Observer. All right. So, uh, and I'll read more of your texts as the show goes on. You guys have been way, weighing in with honest opinions on the John Fokey situation. Next up, though, Panthers defense apparently has been balling out. Were we underestimating them? We'll ask that next. Eli has a chance to be a really good player. He's got tremendous skills. Um, you know, he's just learning our defense. And, you know, with me, with him, um, to me, him having process, him having, you know, discipline to have detail will just make him a better and better player. It's all his talent to do it. He's a good guy. He likes to work hard. It's just about detail. And if we can continue to detail out his technique and his assignments, um, I think he, you know, I think he can have a really good year, continue to get better as the year goes on. That is Coach Rule. He laid off the defensive line drills yesterday. He let the, he let the players do the work on the field. Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Preps with you bone out today, not feeling well, and we'll get him back tomorrow. But we got Panthers. Show must go on. Panthers must be obsessed about, even in the preseason, even in preseason practice. And Coach Rule's talking about Eli Apple, and he is one of the guys, and, and I don't know if y'all do this as 
Panther fans. And if you don't, that's fine because I'm doing it for you. But I don't know if you if a lot of y'all have to do this, right? You just read every account you can get a practice. You know, we're not there, so we're reading every account we can get. Whether it was Josh Klein's review, Miles Simmons, Panthers.com, Lane Getzenberg, Joe Person, the tweets, right? All the tweets from practice. And there's a common thread really the last couple days, especially yesterday, is this defense is playing real well in practice. They, they, the word dominated was used, I think, by multiple writers yesterday. The defense dominated practice. There's been multiple red zone stops there's been multiple goal line stops the last couple of days as well. And then if you start getting into the individual plays you're hearing about, the Derrick Brown highlight they sent out where he gets into the backfield, takes down CMC. Three fumbles caused by the defense, including Brian Burns strip, oh stripping gosh. CMC, who never fumbles. Eli Apple doing good things in the secondary. <laughs> secondary having good practices the last two days. Hold on a second, Press, before you interject, all right? I will give you a chance. Unfortunately, you're playing the role of bone today, so you're going to get to talk in a second. But I just want to, like, as we read these accounts of how the defense is playing, did we under, are we underrating this defense? Is there a chance that the defense is better than we thought, that the defense is not completely horrendous, and that the defense is closer to the offense than we thought? We all thought... This was obviously an offensive, uh, you know, laden football team, offensive defended football team. Can this defense be better than we thought? Um, they're clearly doing well early on in practice. Preps, what is your like? What, what is your major malfunction over? Mag, you you just said it best. <laughs> they're doing well in practice. That means nothing. Well, like, I'm, I'm asking the question. I haven't given you my opinion yet. Oh I'm asking gosh. the question, and you're over there scoffing, doing the preppy scoff. So so what now? Like you're such a homer. What do you have? The Panthers at you know 10, 11 wins now. The defense looks so good in practice. I might have to you know re go back on what I said. I don't know. Like you, you're the one that talked down on the Panthers' defense. How they're young, they're going to take their lumps, all this stuff. And now you're talking like they're the '85 I, Bears. I haven't even answered the question I'm posing to everybody listening yet. They're the I've practice not even given video. my own answer. Matt. I have just set up the conversation. That's well, all I've what done. Is, what is the job of the social media team for every NFL or NBA team? Make the team look good, right? Are, are they, are they going to post the things where somebody's getting burned or anything like that, where somebody looks well, terrible? They did. Where no, Matt, they did. Where, they did. Where Matt Paradis looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Derek well, Brown used like a turnstile man but anyway here's what i'm saying it's not all it's not all panthers media it's also the you know objective panthers beat writers that are saying hey this defense is playing well now there's another school of thought that the listeners have shared with me today maybe the offense isn't as good as you thought that's <laughs> you know another right? thing so yeah. yeah here listen here's my opinion and and, and i just want to get into a general conversation about the defense and and instead preppy's got to cut me off at the pass and turn this into a you know a laugh fest or something like <laughs> I still think the defense for the first half of the season, I think, is going to really struggle. I, I, I am not. I am answering my own question that I'm posing. This is not me saying I think they're going to be better. Where I have hope for the defense is by the end of the year, I bet you start to see this thing coming together because there is raw talent there. There are some young ballers like the Jeremy Chin practice reports every day from from different teammates. Um, got compared to Shaq Thompson athletically by Trey Boston. Uh, you know, the stuff he's doing in practice, the different roles he's filling. Gross Matos, Derek Brown are getting rave reviews in practice as well. Like, I'm sorry, I just, you're not going to, are you going to, like, are you going to contest that? 
that we should have long-term excitement about this defense? No, I'm not going to no, I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing, but I just think that, you know, you've been so down on them the whole time and now after two some I mean they're padded practices, but they're not going completely live the entire they time. Were, no, they were doing like thud practice. Yeah, they're they not, were not like, doing all out full tilt. Yeah, they're not trying to you know, lower their heads and hit people. It's just you're going back on what you said for the last six months about how bad this defense is going to be in two padded practices. Have you thinking they're, you know, the 2013 Seahawks over there shutting down Peyton Manning I the Super Bowl? I did not say that. I just said I'm not necessarily changing my belief about the first eight games of the season. I'm just simply saying they're the playing really well. The practices are meaningless, well. though. Does it mean anything? No. Okay, so you say it doesn't mean <laughs> no. anything that they're playing well. Building center text line, feel free to jump in here, 704 Five seven zero nine six ten. When you read these defensive happenings, or and also maybe it's just a general conversation. I know when Bailey came in yesterday, uh, the other day, Bailey seemed to think they're not going to be this horrible bottom five defense in the NFL. So I think there are some people thinking that I've been too hard on the defense. You, you, Preppy has given me the side eye. You think like where do you think they end up statistically in defense? If you took it's, a guess, it, it's got to be close to last, Mac. I mean, like, and that's not a bad thing right now for them. Like you said, I mean, they got a they got a lot of young talent, and they're going to see what they got in these young talent. Like Troy Pride is probably going to have to play a big role. I think that you know the guy you talked about, Eli Apple, led the league in penalties the last four years. I think they're eventually going to go to younger guys like Troy Pride. Derek Brown. I think you're going to see a lot of these young guys, Jeremy Chin, play a lot. Yeah, let them learn on the job. Learn Take on their the lumps. fly. And that's not I, a bad thing. Take li- their lumps. Yeah, and like listen, they're, they're going to be bad, and that's not a terrible thing. Like, it's not. I think we end the season as a bottom five defense. Yes. I think the corners are so young, and I and I do I do want to believe in Eli Apple because I know there's talent there. There's size, speed, height combinations, you know, that are special. Dante Jackson, he the burden of proof's on him. I just I can't I can't with Dante. <laughs> I've seen missed tackles. I've I've seen him burnt in coverage. I've seen him burnt deep a ton. I've seen him make excuses afterwards. Like I just, dude, you got to prove it, man. I'm not on here giving him any benefit of the doubt. And Pride is young. Stanley Thomas Oliver's young. So I do think, and in the division we play in, if you can't cover the pass. I do think that you are going to get lit up badly in the divisional games. Not only games. division, but look at the schedule. You got the Chiefs on there. You got the Packers on there. It's going to be ten top ten pass yeah, offenses it's from last be year, tough. or on this defense out of sixteen games. So listen, I'm setting up a conversation. Everybody out there on 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 uh, you know Twitter and text all of a sudden trying to trying to clobber me. I'm setting up a conversation. The defense is playing well. What do we think of them? I still think they're going to be a bottom five unit. But what I think is second half of the year, last third, last quarter of the season. I would be shocked if you don't see a difference. Again, there's another thing, too. It's a new scheme for them. Like, like we're learning new schemes on both sides of the ball. We have new players. The defense lost eight freaking starters from last year. I know it wasn't a good defense, but you can't tell me losing Luke Keekley and James Bradbury hurts. doesn't hurt. Yeah. Losing Mario Addison, Bruce Irvin doesn't hurt a bit. So, yeah, I think we're going to have some rough, rough moments. But, like, if you want to start talking about, like, there are individual players on this defense that I really feel like in three years are going to be ballers, like Jeremy Chin, uh, Derek Brown. I think Gross Mott, Brian Burns, I definitely believe he is going to be a big-time pass rusher in this league. You see the explosion of him in practice. Like I don't care if it's practice or not. You, the eye test, just watch how quick he explodes and gets off. Like, that dude is special athletically. Mac, you can't deny that. Mac, let me play my little uh, Allen Iverson here. We're talking about practice. Man. I'm not just talking about we, practice. We're talking about practice. Brian Burns did it in the games last year. Brian Burns. We're talking about practice. Brian though. Burns had four and a half sacks in the first six games of his career last year know, before but, he got hurt. I know. You're going to tell me Brian Burns is not going to be a great pass rusher. 
I'm I, I don't know that. I mean, he has. I mean, he was good, obviously, last year, like you said, four sacks in five games. But he's got to prove it for a full season if he's going to be labeled great. He's going obviously. To, I believe he's going to be a great pass rusher. I like their safeties. I think Burris is underrated. I think Chin's going to be damn good. I think Ch- Trey Boston is great in, in 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 the back end playing center field. Not in the box, but playing center field. What about the corners? What is what? Well, no, the but that's and that's what's going to hold them back ultimately. Yes. That in their youth, the corners and the fact that the talented players are young. Why'd you roll by your? What were you rolling your eyes about now? Because I said I like the safeties. I mean, like, yeah, what, who Boston. am I allowed to say nice things about in this defense <laughs> without Preppy either making audible noises? And, and and let me know, Panther fans, is there anything more annoying on this radio station right now, including my whiny voice? Is there anything more annoying than oh Preppy God. going, <laughs> I'm just trying I to keep it real, about the Panthers. I'm not trying to, you know. The safety's now a problem. I can't be, you know. No, I'm not saying they're a problem, but you said Trey Boston is great, and I think that's a stretch. Great I think he's a good, good player. Field. I, don't, I wouldn't say he's great. I mean, I like Trey. He's I think Trey's a box. good player, but in he's not great. Misses tackles all the time. He's not great. But deep, he is a very good player, deep ranging. He is. He's led his team in like interceptions the last three or four years, but he's like never made a Pro Bowl or any of this stuff. Like he's not he's a good player, and he's the only experience that they got back there, so they're gonna have to learn from him a lot, but Saying he's great is is a big stretch to me. Big big stretch. John says I will. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see what the listeners are saying. John says I will grab T Bone out of his bed if you give me the address and kidnap him and bring him in here so we don't have to hear preppy anymore. <laughs> Sorry for keeping it real, John. Sorry. Other people are mad. I said Trey Boston is great. I'm talking about that one skill he is he is very good at. He is very good at the skill of being a safety against the pass and having range. The problem is him moving forward and trying to make tackles. That's what I said. But they will have him back in a center field role is what they'll do. Burris and Chin will be the guys in the box. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see go. what you're saying. It's just like with these guys like Eli Apple and Trey Boston. I mean, Boston's definitely going to be a starter. But wouldn't you rather see a guy like Troy Pride in there over Eli Apple? I mean, even if he gets burned 20 times, don't we kind of know what Eli Apple Apple's is by now? still pretty young, man. He's, he's like, young, but he's showing that he's obviously he, ruined his he played locker be- room in the Giants. But he played better in New Orleans, though. He, got that, a little bit he had better. great defense around him, though. Like, and he's Troy Pride. Re- like, how much is he ready for? Apparently, they're playing him multiple positions, too. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of versatility. I'm just also getting more excited about Phil Snow as a coordinator, as a schemer. The more I hear about how multiple is, it feels like a really modern approach to defense. But no, I'm not on here declaring it's going to be a great defense. I'm asking the question what we make of the defense. And by the way, fairness to a lot of the audience, y'all are making the great point, which we always make in training camp. The defense is usually ahead of the offense. Yes. Right? That needs to be said as well. It's not like that. What are you laughing at over there? (laughs) Seriously. Hey, dude that wants to kidnap T-Bone. All right, I'm desperate. I'm going to give you his address. You go pull him out of bed for me, But does that say a lot about the offense? You know, you expect to have all these weapons. If this defense is shutting them down, that's kind of scary there, Max. No, it's not because we're not overreacting to it. We're just using this as a springboard to talk about the defense. And instead, everybody thinks I'm crowning them. I'm not crowning them. All right, next up, we got to have a little fun next up on the show. Probably making my head hurt this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to enjoy this time of year as a Panther fan. My head's hurting. Next up, we got to play the critically acclaimed, award-winning game, Who's the Bleep Poll? And in honor of the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. debacle, this is the Unwritten Rules of Sports edition of Who's the Bleep Poll. It's going to be fun next. Time for the fellas to sort through some real-life disputes and make their rulings on who is right and who is wrong. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. 
time for an edition of Who's the Hole on the Mac Attack. I'm just going to go ahead and guess that it's Mac and T-Bone. Right, guys? Dude, you want to step outside? All right, kids. It is critically acclaimed. It is award-winning. It is Who's the Bleep Hole. We give you real-life scenarios. By the way, Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Preps with your bone out today, and uh, hopefully we will get them back tomorrow. Uh, but I know Panther fans, after that last segment, want to have uh, bone back tomorrow. But let's let's play a little Who's the Bleep Poll. And we wanted to, you know, get into the whole Padres uh, situation, the Fernando Tatis Jr. Grand Slam as he swings up a ton of runs at a 3-0 pitch late in the game the other night and breaks unwritten rules, according to uh, Chris Woodward, the Rangers manager. His own manager, Jace Tingler, didn't want him to swing and, and didn't like that he swung 3-0, you know, uh, you know, with the uh, 14-3 lead late in the game the other night against the Rangers. So in honor of this situation, we're going to talk about this situation. We're going to talk about other incidents of unwritten rule violations, alleged unwritten rule violations, and we're going to say who's the bleephole, the person that uh, that allegedly broke the unwritten rule. It's you. Or for for once, we're not involved in who's the bleephole. <laughs> we cannot be the answer. Um, or is it the person that cried about an unwritten rule violation? And included in this segment will be a great story Reggie Miller told with Dan Patrick yesterday about an unwritten rule beef that he and Kobe Bryant had. May he rest in peace back in the day. But let's start here. Um, so, again, 14-3, 3-0 pitch, bases loaded. Fernando Tatis swings away. He's been on fire. He's one of the most exciting young players in baseball. He hits a grand slam. So, uh, Chris Woodward afterwards said, you know, that he didn't like it. It's an unwritten rules in baseball. You don't swing 3-0 late with a big lead like that. Uh, they plunked him. They, they or they plunked Manny Machado in the next at-bat. So, the pitcher got a three-game suspension. The manager, for ordering the plunking, got a one-game suspension, and here we are. And there is at least one human being in America that believes that Tatis deserves to be ripped, and that is Chris Mad Dog Russo on MLB Network yesterday. Listen to this. Manager gives you a take sign. You know what? You obey him and you don't swing. It's as simple as that. Uh, no matter what you think about the game score, no matter what you think about the idea that Tatis hit a grand slam and he's fun to watch and, you know, he's sort of a, uh, you know, an NBA guy playing baseball, you know, a young, enthusiastic, a young kid gets into him. No matter what you think about all that, he got a take sign from this manager. Why have a manager? Who told him specifically, don't swing. And he swung. <laughs> and he swung. All right. Here's the deal. I have a hard time taking any criticisms of Tatis seriously. I just do. Now, listen, I haven't played the game of baseball at a very high level. I played when I was really young, and I stunk, and that was about that. But these baseball unwritten rules drive me crazy. Finish out the game, man. And it's not just me that's saying this, by the way. There are major leaguers all over social media yesterday, preps, ripping the Rangers and ripping people for complaining about this. They're Buck Showalter, old school baseball guy, right? This is who people say police the unwritten rules and believe in the unwritten rules. Buck Showalter said, I manage my team, you manage yours. I can't believe that this is happening. And then the fact that his own manager sold him out afterwards and claimed he did something wrong and i know jace tingler their manager has a previous relationship with the rangers 
But come on, man, that is weak. Where do you stand? So to, weak. to me, the bleep holes are the Rangers, man. And the bleep holes are anybody like Chris Mad Dog Russo that believes in this unwritten rule. That is cheesy. Finish the game out, man. Exactly. And, Mac, you know me. I said last week I'd rather watch a Bills preseason game or any preseason game other a World Series game. So I'm not the biggest baseball fan, obviously. But watching a game and watching a guy bases loaded 3-0 take one deep like that would make me excited about watching baseball honestly like have more entertainment in the game that's what it's lacking like guys like that are great for the game and like who's the bleep hole honestly kind of him because he apologized for it don't ever apologize for doing something that's exciting in the game like he, it was awesome what you did don't apologize like the bleep hole are the rangers and then the the um, Padres coach, and then him for apologizing. Oh, he doesn't deserve to be called a bleep Not hole. for what he did, but for apologizing. Oh, don't just, freaking apologize for that. Rangers telling me did something so wrong. What? He's a good player. So he's what? No, 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 no. I don't care. Manager. Do not apologize for that. By the way, the th another point, too, about Tatis. And I listen, we're not all locked into Padres games, but I, I'll only see him on the highlights. But this is one of the true young, exciting players. Leading the league in home runs. By the way, yesterday he stole third base with a 6 nothing lead. Yeah, it's awesome. But Keep it, doing that. It was in the fourth inning. If anybody tries to complain about a fourth inning, six-run lead, you can't steal third. I, then, uh, then, then there's really a bleep hole out there. All right, let's move to the second one. If you're just joining us, it is the unwritten rules of sports edition of Who's the Bleep Hole. We play Who's the Bleep Hole on a weekly basis, give you scenarios that often are our life scenarios we're involved in or listener life scenarios or whatever. Today, we're doing these unwritten rules in honor of this whole Tatis uh, debacle. It appears as if no one is saying anything other than the Rangers are the bleep holes here. There is very little support, if any, for the Rangers and the whole unwritten rule of not, not swinging 3-0 with a big lead late. All right, so uh, Reggie Miller was on with Dan Patrick yesterday, and he was asked about unwritten rules in basketball in light of this whole thing, right, that happened on uh, Monday night with Tatis and listen to Reggie Miller's story about him and the late great Kobe Bryant. And this brings up our second unwritten rule to debate about on who's the bleep hole. You're going to win the game. You're up double digits. So let's say there's, uh, you know, 30 seconds left on in the game and it's a 24 second shot clock. What you're supposed to do is take the violation, let the shot clock run down. So there's only six seconds left. I take the ball out six seconds. We go home. You don't try to jack up a three to get your stats or whatever. I'm looking so at it right what now. Doing, and he and I were having words <laughs> about that. And then that's what led to the fight. But that was Kobe being Kobe. And, you know, I we just had a, a little disagreement. He shot it right in your face. He, shot it, he didn't make it, but he shot it right in my face. All right. Led to a fight. Kobe you got a 30-second shot clock. There are six or so seconds left. It's a blowout game, and Kobe takes a shot and doesn't let the shot clock run out. Let the other let, let Reggie's Pacers take it out of bounds and then just run the clock out. This is an unwritten rule. You don't shoot the shot. You take the shot clock violation. I actually think, and I hate saying this because he's no longer with us, and I love Kobe Bryant. I think Kobe Bryant was the bleep hole in that situation. I actually believe from playing basketball – when I was a kid for years, playing for my dad, who was a coach, I actually, we didn't have a shot clock, but I actually believe in that situation, it is a true unwritten rule. You don't take a shot. There's a big lead. You just let the shot clock run out. Do you agree, Preppy? I say, Reggie, for being mad about that, that unwritten rule is not the bleep hole. Yeah, I mean, Kobe's no longer with us, so it's hard for me to not side with him, but... 
Yeah, you don't you don't do that. I mean, I, I think, think it would be if if he would have made it in Reggie's face, I would have said that good for you, good shot, Kobe. But because I love that stuff, but <laughs> Reggie's a whiner too. Reggie's a whiner, but he might be right on this one. I don't know. It's hard for me to side with him. <laughs> Kobe's not here Reggie, anymore, so I want to side with Kobe. Reggie has been known to whine. He's a now, whiner. Listen, I saw this being talked about on social media. The 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 uh, the other uh, side of this is the other side of it is this that. You, you should not shoot it if it's a blowout game and there's under 20. Like, the shot clock's turned yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Then you definitely It's a double-digit lead, yeah. You definitely shouldn't shoot it if the shot clock's turned off. Mm -hmm. The argument is, well, what do I do? Take the shot clock violation? Of course I'm going to throw up a shot. I believe the unwritten rule. I believe now if you're a scrubino and you're in there in garbage time, scrubs... Like the leapfrog gang at UNC, the biscuit gang that comes in and tries to get them 100 points to get their fans biscuits. Scrubs should be able to shoot bombs away at the end of games. Yeah. But star players, double-digit lead, I feel like you got to let the shot clock run out. But the reason why people think Kobe was in the right is because the shot clock was still live. That, that's kind of what the argument's being made. Multiple people are saying, I'm contradicting myself, and I'm the bleephole from situation to situation. I don't know. I played basketball. I feel like this is a legitimate one. I didn't play baseball. I've never heard of that garbage rule before. So this might be an example of, uh, you know, in one instance, I'm on the side of shutting it down. On the other instance, I'm not. But the basketball one, I'm sympathetic to. I played. My dad was a coach. My dad yelled at me about doing the classy right thing. So that's why maybe I'm more apt to believe in basketball and written rules. Like, for example, Kansas was playing Monmouth last year in November. Kansas is up literally 55 points. The Monmouth guard, who I have no idea who it is, steals the ball as Kansas is running out the clock and goes down and dunks. Mm -hmm. I believe he violated an unwritten rule. You just got to let the clock run out. A lot of y'all said to me, that is ridiculous. You keep playing until the end of the but Like, that's another unwritten rule in basketball, I believe. And so I don't know if it's as simple as the sport I played for a long period of time and no better. I believe in their unwritten rules. All of baseball's unwritten rules just seem stupid to me. Yeah, like they just do, man. It's different though. Like in baseball, you're you you don't ever tell a guy to just strike out. Yeah, in baseball, basketball, you have to have yeah. it at bat. Yeah, basketball at the end of a game, you can choose to stop. I'm not shooting. Exactly. I, and what they love enough. to do is they love to toss the ball. Baseball, at the end what are you gonna do? Clock. Take every pitch? Like, what are you supposed to do? Swing yeah. weekly? Yeah. Try to strike out? Exactly. That's the difference. Is baseball? How are you supposed to give up? Yeah. You're up there and, for an at-bat. And you see this happen a lot. I remember Lance Stevenson did it when he was on the Lakers a few years ago. The Lakers are up by like 15. At the end of the game, Lance Stevenson goes up and like makes a layup, and that started a fight because the game was already over. You don't make a layup whenever the shot clock's off and stuff yeah. like that. You're you, up definitely 15, yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't do that. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people think it's hypocritical. I make sense to me, y'all. All right? <laughs> I'm not a bleep hole. I make sense. All right. The unwritten rules edition of bleep hole, the final scenario. You got to go back 10 years for this one. It was the 10-year anniversary recently. All right? guy named Ben Davis was uh, batting in the eighth inning. All right? Kurt Schilling had a no-hitter. No hitter. Actually, it's almost this is like almost 20 years ago at this point. Kurt Schilling had a no hitter. It was a two nothing game in the eighth inning. Ben Davis tried to bunt and he bunted to break up the no hitter. I love that. Kurt Schilling's teammates were furious. Kurt didn't say anything to his credit. Kurt Schilling's teammates were furious. Bruce Bochy was the manager of the Diamondbacks and Kurt Schilling at the time called it chicken bleep. Is that what was that, the score of the game? Do you two know? nothing. Okay, that, that's inning. what? Who, who is the bleep hole here? 
Bruce Bochy and the Diamondbacks for complaining or Ben Davis for trying to bunt to break up? Because the rule is you don't bunt to break up a no-hitter. What do you think about that? No, if it's 2 nothing, yes, you do. That's Yeah, that's the, the you know, the tying run is at the plate if one guy gets on. You know, like you bunt to get on, a guy hits a home run, it's a tie game. Get out of here with that. No, <laughs> Bruce Bochy's the bleep hole in that situation, and Kurt Schilling, who was usually a bleep hole anyway. See, <laughs> Yeah I, I, yeah, I think I actually think Preppy said it well, y'all. I don't say that often. Kurt Schilling is usually the answer when he's involved in who's the bleep ball yeah. scenario in life sure. in general, in my opinion. But in this one, I don't think he is. And I remember this when it happened, man. Two, if it's I 10 remember, nothing, then yeah, don't bunt. But yeah, 2 nothing, nothing, yes. But you got a game that is anywhere in reach. Yeah. I don't even care. It's 4 5 nothing. Yeah. And you are just, especially a 2 nothing. You that, if you get on base like he did with that bunt, the tying runs at the plate. Yeah, like, exactly. That, that freaks One me out. One swing away from a tie game. And, and that's the thing, too, about unwritten rules. Some of these baseball unwritten rules are just absurdly, like, unflexible. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what the score is. People say you can't bunt to break up a no-hitter. Aren't we trying to get a hit? Aren't yeah. we still competing against the guy? We're yeah. trying to win a baseball game. What, are we supposed to give up? I just, it's, it's that's crazy to me. So, yes, no bleep hole for Ben Davis 19 years ago, back in the day. <laughs> it's Kurt Schilling. Bunt to break up no-hitters on the regular, y'all. All right. College sports, college football, it's all up in the air right now, man. We got to talk about it with one of the in-state Power 5 administrators, John Curie. Wake Forest AD talks about the chaos next.